Welcome to This Week in Craft Beer, the podcast, the weekly show where we interview the people making the magic happen in the UK craft beer scene. Sponsored by Bruiser, the UK's top-rated craft beer subscription service. This Week in Craft Beer publishes the UK's leading craft beer newsletter every Monday morning by email. To subscribe for free, please visit www.thisweekincraft.beer. This Week in Craft Beer would like to thank our generous Patreon supporters Sue Johnson, Steve Hartley, Jazz Hundell, Bayonet Brewing Co, Dolphin Brewery, The Paper Mill Micropub, Berkshire Beer Box, The Small Batch Brewing Co, Belgian Brews Southampton, Doug Thayer, Robert Baker, Aid Bardi, James Moss, The Brew Brothers, Paul Whelan, Bettina Cassidy, Vaux Brewery, Claire Costa, James Cox and Craig Hatton. This Week in Craft Beer members can now get exclusive discounts and savings at some of the top UK craft breweries. If you're interested in saving money or simply want to help support us, then please visit our website at www.thisweekincraft.beer for more information and to join at just £1.99 per month. We hope you won't, but of course you can cancel this at any time. So I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast this afternoon Connor from Disruption is Brewing based in Camberley. Connor's father, Chris, bought Ascot Brewing in 2017 whilst Connor was living in Toronto, becoming enamoured with the amazing Canadian craft beer scene. When Connor returned to the UK in 2019, father and son decided to launch a craft-focused arm of the business and Disruption is Brewing came to life with a mission of changing beer for the better. Connor, please introduce yourself and tell us about your beer journey which led you to launching Disruption is Brewing. Yeah, thank you so much for having us today, Rob, on your podcast. To start off with the uh, inaugural cheers, I reckon. Cheers, let's cheers. do that. Yeah, we'll get to what beer we're drinking in a moment, but suffice to say, it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, how do we start off? Yeah. So, as you mentioned, it, my dad bought the brewery when it was Ascot Ales. Yep. Six years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, he took it from a one-man band from a man named Chris Hill, who did everything from brewing, marketing, sales. He was very well known in the area, but he, I think he'd taken the business as far as he could go. Right. And then my dad bought it with a bunch of shareholders and Ascot kind of carried on. We rebranded it from Ascot Ales to Ascot Brewing Company, we focused a lot more on the silks and the racing theme around Ascot and heritage, yep. uh, as we thought it'd have more brand pool power. But then we realized that the headwinds of where beer was heading was well, moving away from, if you like, yeah, was not traditional as much as traditional has a a place in the beer world craft beer is very much future thinking and 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 where everyone is kind of heading so absolutely we knew that ascot was never going to be that brand Mm -hmm. and we had to come up with an offshoot which focused on hot forward uh crafty more experimental uh brews yep disruption is brewing was born in the summer of 2019 Mm -hmm. and um we've just been going from strength to strength ever since and as I said, 2019, the name Disruption is Brewing and some of the beer names that we've come on to came out well before the pandemic yes. and all the stuff that's happened in the world. So we almost uh, jumped aboard that train. You well foreshadowed it, yeah. yeah. So I, I joined in with my dad. I moved over from Toronto, as you said. I was very fortunate to live in a city which was excellent in terms of the beers they produced, Absolutely. the brewers they had. Uh, my favorite beer still of all time is Jutsu <laughs> by a brewery named Bellwoods. Yes. Um, phenomenal beer just very balanced sessionable 5.2 percent pale um, so i think having that experience and being the age i am i could come into the brewery and partner with my dad uh, and bring a wealth of experience of what where the craft industry was heading 
yep. and what needed to be done to create a brand that people could really get behind and, and celebrate all the great things about craft beer. Absolutely. I was, I was lucky enough myself actually to do a, a business trip to Toronto in 2018 actually. Mm. So we, you know, we could very well have been in the city, maybe in the same bar. Probably. Um, but I did go to Bellwoods. Um, oh, cool. at their, I guess you'd call it almost like a shop front type yes. location. Uh, it's in, the, you know, in a busy high street, quite a narrow Obviously. unit. Wow, was it packed and what a great atmosphere and the beers were to die for. I, I you know, I was I joined a queue to get in there, um, eventually got a seat, I was there on my own and I got eventually they sat me at the bar because I wasn't ever gonna get a table because it was so busy and you know yeah. and I just sat there and had three or four of the best New England beers I've ever had to be honest with you. Just a great, great experience and uh, yeah, I've got fond memories of Bell. Would love to get back there sometime soon. You should. It's honestly um so a little bit about when I moved to Toronto, I never was a craft beer drinker before I got to Toronto. So that was um, six years ago, mm -hmm. I think I first moved there. And I remember going to a pub, a football pub uh, down on Queen Street, and um, I went for a pint of Stella. Right. The guy behind the bar said, you're not from around here, are you? <laughs> and I said, no, no, no. And I, he said, cause I could tell by your beer choice, you don't want to drink that, no. try this. And it was an Amsterdam Blondale. Oh from a brewery called uh, Amsterdam mm -hmm. and um, I had just one sip of that and a portal opened up and I've never looked back since. Wow. And I think I was maybe of the world of mainstream lagerhead, yep. anything that's had the word ale in it made me think old man, old man basement, brown beer basically, yeah. You yeah. got it. Yeah. And then I opened up to a whole new world and I started exploring all the different craft breweries mm -hmm. that there were in Toronto, as you said, Bellwoods, kind of my number one alongside yep. Blood Brothers. Yep. But yeah. Bellwoods is always rammed, very hard to get a seat. They brew some incredible beers. Yeah. They've redeveloped the whole thing now, so it's a much bigger restaurant. Oh, okay, nice. There is the shop. Yeah. Um, they do food there as well now, a constant menu, but mm. yeah, just so many great beers, consistent designing, bang on brand, and, and I think one of the key things being a great craft brewery is consistency. And yes. I don't think they've, ever, they've never let me down. And aren't the Canadians the nicest people on earth? Without they are. a shadow of a doubt? They are. <laughs> they definitely are. They are they're great people and um, very welcoming to people from all walks of life and from all areas of the world. So, love Absolutely. it. It's a second home. So, it's weird. we should probably say before we get any further, we are sitting in your not open to the public today, or rather not at this moment in time, Taproom. Correct. Um, lovely space, actually, but I appreciate the chance to experience it firsthand, Connor. But yeah, yeah this is a really nice mezzanine-style yes. taproom, but probably one of the biggest I've ever sat in, actually, as, as a, you know, it's, it's dominates the almost the entire unit, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, so it's actually, the whole unit is 8,000 square feet, I believe, and then up here is 2,500. Oh, fabulous. So you're yeah. right in terms of, well, it's impressionable, you walk up. A lot of people don't know we're here, so mm -hmm. much so that we brewed a beer called Never Knew You Were Here with <laughs> a map it. of Camberley on it, nice. um, with the pot of gold at the end of the map, which is obviously the brewery. But yeah, people drive past, they go to screw fix, they walk, <laughs> they see the, the front, they don't know what's going on, they peer their head in, they find the see brewery, they see some the barrels yeah, and yeah. they get a first <laughs> whiff of maybe what we do. Yep. Then they walk up the stairs and they say, I didn't even know this place existed. Mm -hmm. I said 2,500 square feet. We've got 20 taps. 20 taps we've yep. got our own beers on there from Disruption and Ascot. Yep. We've got guests. We've got two ciders. Uh, we also try and have a drink for everybody. So we've got non-alcoholic drinks. We've got non-alcoholic cocktails, cocktails, spirits. Yep. The whole shebang, as well as food as well. Uh, pizzas and sides. So we're as much as a, a tap room or tap house as we are a brewery um, and we're very fortunate that we have such a great space yep. by it being on an industrial estate in Camden. Absolutely. Well, you know, my, I guess my initial thought with 
the journey you've been on is there's been a number of other UK traditional cast breweries, um, for want of a better turn of phrase, that mm. have they've yes. attempted to spin up a crafty arm of the business. Yeah. And for the most part, that hasn't worked very well, uh, in my experience. And, and I'm just curious to understand how you went about it, because it seems like your beers are of a much higher level than, than most of the other crafty arms of trad breweries that I've, that I've yeah. had. Well, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you saying that. And uh, I think a lot of that comes down to our head brewer, John Willats. Yep. He's a um, champion beer of Britain winner. Mm-hmm. When he was at his uh, previous brewery, Bingham's. Right. They, they brewed a uh, vanilla stout. Mm-hmm one uh, yeah best beer of the year so we knew that when we were gonna start the new brewery and change from Ascot Ales we knew we needed to have the best we could find and we found John yep but I think his his background is doesn't have roots in Ascot he was from Bingham's yes they're a more traditional brewery sure. but I think alongside the rest of the team it was trying to come up with beers that we love drinking yeah where was the market at and really flex our our muscles in terms of what was possible in getting the best beer out there we don't come up with the craziest of beers we won't be doing yorkshire pud- pudding no, stice, um, <laughs> or anything really with chili in it but we no. do <laughs> also probably good yeah. yeah i think it's become a lot harder now to take a quick tangent of, of the beers that you can brew just yep. because of the way the market's at yep. in terms of every penny count it's uh, very difficult at the moment to compete with so many other breweries going sure. on supermarkets tap rooms bottle shops restaurants they're all fighting for people to come out and drink yeah but if you offer an experience which is more than beer mm-hmm. i believe you're gonna be able to pull people in but it it all starts with having the best possible beer that you can brew and, and that's our mandate definitely and, and as you say john came from bingham yes but you know so he hadn't obviously naturally been brewing new england ipas no. down there and so did you hire a specialist assistant brewer if you like with, with experience in those styles or no i uh, we had we had a few people join us but i think just John was a great brewer and yep. he's, he learned to adapt and he's very good at what he does. So, mm. you know, he tastes it, he knows what a New England's about, yep. he knows what a, a session's about, a hazy, and you know, he brewed a stout, so he's very good at his stouts. Yeah, I think if you've just got a knack for it and you, you've tasted enough beer, which I'm definitely sure he has in his time, sure. that you've got to find that winning formula and, and know what you're doing and he ticks all the boxes. It so. certainly seems to. I, you know, I, I'm in danger of what I'm about to say is probably going to offend people, uh, some people at least. <laughs> in my experience, highly skilled, even decorated traditional brewers yeah. don't naturally yes. turn their hand to, to brewing decent New England style beers. It, yeah. It's just, it's almost like it's it's an anathema to them. You know, right. you're kind of like, you're breaking your the rules of which you've learned about sure. how beer should be brewed. And so it's a great credit to John that he's able to to do this and that if you like you know and I, and I appreciate that and it, it is testament to the fact that you know a lot of people still call us ascot we really do try and push the disruption and yep. it's no secret we're trying to phase out the ascot side mm-hmm. it's incredibly hard running one brewery and one brand let alone trying I to bet. run two yeah. but yeah i 100 agree there have been breweries out there that have tried to be craft when they're tradition at root yep. and it has not worked out no the fact that we've managed to do it and also win the awards that we've done and gain the recognition that we have for such a small team is testament to, to, to what everything that we're doing here. And of course, I understand why those traditional breweries are doing it. They, they did it for the same reason oh, yeah. we first did. Absolutely. But just because you want to be brewing craft hot forward beers, because that's where the market's at, you can't doesn't will, mean... You can't will it into existence, can you? No. It doesn't mean <laughs> that the beers that you're going to produce are up to, up to standard with, you know, 
the likes of the big boys out there who are brewing some of the best beers in the world. Absolutely, you know, and, and, and also advancing very rapidly as well. It's hard to sort of compare now with three or four years ago, but all I know is that, you know, we are in a, an unbelievable period right now of, of quality beer production yeah. in the UK. Um, yeah, and then we're, you know, they're going around the world as well. So yeah. I think it's a bit like a lot of things. America kind of led, led the line. Yep. They may have not started off. They not, might not have been the roots. They kind of borrowed it from us, but yep. they took it to the next oh, level. Oh, absolutely. We're playing catch up, yep. but we're we're on their heels for sure. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, let's talk about this first beer. I can't uh, can't delay this any yes, longer. Um, this is chaos, more chaos. Right. Your five percent New England pale, your flagship beer. I think it's fair to say on the for disruptions brewing. Mm-hmm. Let me read the tasting notes, and let's get into it. The tasting notes say: hop shot combinations of mosaic, citra, and Nelson Savan unleash intense tropical mango and blueberry aromas. I can certainly vouch for the aroma, it's fantastic. Prepare those taste buds for a super smooth, full-bodied, damn right crushable pale that delivers an exotic fruit punch bowl extravaganza with every sip. Slurp and swig. Uh, really nicely written taste in those, actually. <laughs> but above yeah. all, this is a great beer. This is absolutely delicious. It's got that balance, I don't know balance I, is the word I hate most in the in de- beer description, so I, I just, I've already broken my own rules by using it. But what I was gonna say is it manages to combine, there we go, there's a different word, the beautiful uh, tropical fruit flavors that are in there with, with a really decent cut of bitterness as well. So this is not, not a sweet, sickly tropical beer by any stretch of the imagination, not that you know, I expect it to be, but I'm really pleased with the amount of bitterness that's in this as well. So I just think it drinks really well. You persuaded me to have a pint at uh, three o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm very glad you did. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm just really enjoying this, and I'd love to get the background on it, kind of, please. Sure. Uh, chaos, uh, where to start? So yeah, you're right, this is our flagship beer. It was the first uh, disruption beer that we released. Yep. Originally it was a, it was kind of an experimental twist on what we do with Gold Cup, which okay. is our probably our best selling Ascot beer. So right. it was a pale to begin with. Okay. And if you yep. go down stairs and you look at some of the Harris fencing, you will see the original chaos design. Yeah. And it's actually a pale. Okay. We tried it, yeah, it was okay. Um, wasn't anything stand out. Mm-hmm. We then tweaked the recipe and uh, try to develop it and take it to the next level, play with the yeast, play with the grist a little bit. And um, having that combination of mosaic, citra and Nelson, I mean, you know, they're some of the best in the business. Fantastic, so absolutely. already starting off with a, yeah. a really strong um, hot combo there. But yeah, we, we came up with this beer and it suddenly just took off. And um, it, was, it was very different. For 5%, it tastes like it should be a lot more it than does, 5%. It does, actually. Very fair, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's super sessionable. As mm-hmm. you said, it's not oily. It doesn't taste no. uh, sticky and has that kind of residue taste to it. It's one of those beers that you could go back to again and again. Yep. And I think when we first started Disruption, we knew that we had to have a core beer, one mm-hmm. that you would, the brewery would be known for. Yep. Everybody's got them. They is this ste- is your steady rolling man. Steady rolling yeah, man. Yeah. Um, and have uh, their his light bulb. Yeah. Um, every brewery has, well, some of the biggest ones have their go-to core. Yeah. And you're known as much for the brewery, but actually sometimes more for the beer that you brew. And sure. Sometimes it's actually much better to be known for a beer than for the brewery name. So, yeah. yeah Chaos just c- kind of we knew we were onto a winner. Um, I actually developed the can artwork alongside a graphic designer in America, nice. in Utah. And I had a vision for what I wanted to see on the can. Yeah. My dad came up with the name, so he takes the credit for that. Okay. But <laughs> I think the, the whole centerpiece around it was what defines chaos. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was a pinball machine. Yes. 
and then from that you then build off all the different elements of what makes a great pinball machine so there's loads of different standout pieces so you've yep. got the outrage of the mainstream media you've got the economy you've got the house of parliament burning down yeah. you've got the statue <laughs> of justice yeah. you've got social media you've got symbols of chaos horus and ra and then to top it all off you've got a ufo an alien and an alien yeah, eating yeah. popcorn watching all of the chaos below so yes. i think you've You've got to, if you've got a great beer, you've mm. got to have a great name yep. and you've got to have great artwork. Yep. And as I mentioned before we started, if you can try and hit all those senses, touch, taste, feel, even if you grab the can, you'll know that it's the rough touch feel. Nice. Yeah, and a yeah, lot of people nice, call nice. that. Yep. If you can touch as many of the senses as possible, then you're providing a much more holistic mm. experience and something that's way more memorable. And we're fortunate that Chaos has kind of become our flagship. What, um, what percentage of production output does it represent? It's a good question. I mean, we only have two core beers on the disruption side, Devil, mm. Wes Lager, and mm. Chaos, but I'd like to say it's 60-70%. Oh wow. Yeah, so it's yeah. we it's always on. Yeah. It's the one beer that everybody wants to drink as yeah. much as the fact we have 20 taps here, yeah. we have similar styles and ABVs, people come back and they'll taste the other ones, Yeah. and they're great, but for the most part people have a favorite, and that's one that one is Chaos. Um, a little bit more to say about, I guess, the evolution of Chaos. Yeah. So, during the pandemic, uh, actually, the guy you're going to go see later on, Dave, yeah. Dave yeah. Haywood, he yes. was helping out at the Windsor and Eaton Camera Beer Festival. Yeah. And he had to put together a craft beer box of different beers. And uh, he tasted Chaos, he loved it. He said, would you mind me putting Chaos in as, as part, part of that, nice. that pack? Because everyone was uh, drinking remotely and Chaos was part of that. And uh, it ended up winning Camera Champion Beer of the Windsor and Eaton Beer Festival. Fantastic. Which says a lot, considering yep. it is a New England hazy pale. Yes. It's called Chaos. That's right, yeah. As a really funky, crazy, colorful artwork. So it's as far as you would go from a camera beer, yep. and we won it. So again, that kind of put a nail in and said, we, we've got we've got something very special here. Yes. Flash forward um, a couple of years, and we ended up entering into the Seba Awards last year, and it won the best beer in the Southwest. Mm -hmm. Um, against some of the best breweries in the country. Uh, we then took it to the grand finals at BRX yep. in March and it won best pale in the UK. Wow, fantastic. I didn't realise that. I didn't go to BRX this year, but we've been to the last two, but right. I, didn't, I didn't get up there this year. Yeah, I'd never been before and I had to go this year yeah, because of chaos being mm. where it was in terms of the, in the panel for being one of the best beers. And uh, yeah, it, it cleaned up. It came second overall as best beer, yep. um, and, but won the pale category. And oh, that's incredible. As people told me, it's the hardest category to win yeah. because every brewery that knows what they're doing should be brewing a pale. Of course, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it, it take a lot of pride in that. Money is, yeah, a huge definitely. team effort from mm -hmm. the brewers to the designer in Utah yep. to my, you know, the naming, everything. Yep. And also to everybody who drinks it and, and loves it and can, keeps on buying it. Fantastic. We're not going to stop brewing it. So how widely does that get out in, in keg distribution? I mean, you know, you go, I guess you're trying to get this into local tap rooms and pubs and yep. whatever. It's, uh, it's all around the country. Yeah. So it's as far as we have a Shout out to Maison de Beer, uh, yep. Jenny up there in Elsica. Mm -hmm. She has been one of our best brand ambassadors since we first launched it. Right. She absolutely loved it. I, quick story, so I was on sales calls trying to sell Chaos and one person I spoke to had tasted the sample can yep. and said, I think the beer was good, but the, uh, the copy on the can, the text is a little bit too sure of itself. Oh, and I said, that, I mean, if, if we're not sure about how good the yeah. beer is, then who is? 
So uh, that kind of brought me down a couple of pegs. There's no such thing as bad feedback, is there? I mean, you know, it's, no. it's good to get that, you know. You, we'll take it. You can contemplate it, yeah. We'll take it. And we have people say that the copy is a bit, a bit too out there, but at the end of the day, it's a chaos beer and you want to try and sell it as many ways as you can. I then called Jenny, who I'd sent samples to, and I was pretty down in the dumps about after the last call, but you move on. And she, I said to her, so did you try the samples? I said, I did. And you know what, Connor? And I expected the very worst to come out. She went, that is one of the best beers I have ever tried. Nice. Um, and we've gone from strength to strength. It's mm. basically a permanent line there at that her is. tap room in yep. Elsica, in the Heritage Center. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, we've, uh, we go, we've delivered to Scotland. Yep. We go as far out to Cornwall, mm -hmm. Wales. We're in and around London. We're definitely in a local area. Yep. It's a uh, permanent fixture at a local pub down the road yep. called The Foresters in Bagshot. Yep. And this is more of a traditional pub. So the fact that they're putting on chaos alongside some of your more lager focused yep. and beers, then yeah, we know uh, that this is loved by lots and lots of people around the country and we want more people to give it a go to. I think that's you know probably one of the, the significant changes I've seen in the you know I've been doing this podcast now for, for three years and basically I think three years ago that didn't happen. You didn't see craft beer in a traditional freehouse. It just wasn't wasn't cropping up. But these days I think you know if you're running a freehouse and you haven't got a beer like this on tap then you're missing a trick and you're gonna you know you're gonna have people walk in and asking for something like that and being disappointed. So yes. You know, I, I do think that's that's you know, craft beer hasn't grown as big as I hoped it would. You know, when we started the podcast three years ago, I still yeah. think it's growing uh, slowly. I think it will grow again much more quickly once we get out the end of you know this miserable yes. period of uh, you know whatever you want to call it. Another miserable period. Yeah. But um, you know, I do one of the things I can think that you know I, I can say that we can definitely claim as a as a victory for, for craft beer is yeah. is that independent free houses uh, you know even the very traditional places now are starting to realize they've got to have yes a tap like this haven't they well and they and they have much more flexibility when you're a free house because oh, yeah. if they love the beer then they have a much more it's easier decision for them to make mm. i like the beer i'll put it on but there are let's say green king pubs out there who have almost been forced by the market that they can't just provide um, you know the stuff that they have yeah. on their roster yeah so a lot of green king pubs are having free lines and yeah. they have that rotating special okay. and the fact that it's now breaking into the likes of green king mm. and you have the likes of um punch pubs and all yeah. the other big chains saying that we want to take craft focused beers that's sees really that nice. we're breaking in there yeah. you can see it in supermarkets it's going to be much more now the fact that I mean, Brewdog obviously are in and Beavertown and those yeah, guys, yeah. but the fact yeah. you see people like Vault City breaking into supermarkets yes. just goes to show where, where we're heading. And it definitely does, yeah. So, look, let's talk a bit more about the tap room because okay. it's a lovely space, as we've already said. You've got a stage, couldn't help noticing to our right there. So, yeah. what goes on here? Well, you know, how many days is it open and what sort of events are you running? Yeah, so we're open, the brewery's open from Monday to Sunday and we have a little bit of a problem in that people come in on times when the tap house isn't open right? because we're open yeah. and we really do try our very best to serve people pints from the fridge even pizzas if we can <laughs> but we're a very small team and um, it's very difficult to try and do it's hard to do a thousand jobs at once yeah. trying to do ten thousand so I can come in here at ten in the morning for a pint can I? you, you if can I caught short. you can <laughs> I, I, I'll be there at the bar ready to serve you <laughs> But when we are open officially as a tap house, uh, which is uh, Thursdays from five till 10, right. Fridays and Saturdays from 12 to 11, and Sundays 12 to six, mm -hmm. uh, nice. we try and create um, an absolute atmosphere and vibe in here that I say goes beyond beer, which yep. 
So we have the food offering, we have a shuffleboard table there in the corner. Yes. Um, we knew that would be a huge pull for yeah. people to come down here and not just drink and eat but also have fun. Yep. We've got the table football tables, but as you said, we have the stage. So this we see it as being on as an in, on an industrial estate in Camberley, we have to do as much as we can to pull people to come out here and venture yeah. uh, to this side of the, the town. So we do everything from live music, open stage events, we've had burlesque here, mm-hmm. we've had magic nights, nice. we have stein holding competitions, and we will be doing that again at our Oktoberfest festival this year, uh, October 13th and 14th. Love it. Um, that seems to be a thing which was a stupid idea and now has really taken off. Empty or full steins? Well, it would be uh, full steins, obviously. Yep. And then if you uh, if you carry on and you're the last man standing, you get to finish that. Oh, I see. So, so you're not holding like six in each hand, like the, like it's, the waitress it, do? It's or... one big full two-litre stein. Right, but held out at yes. 90 degrees. arm's length. Yeah. Um, right, um, and if you're the last man standing, you win prize. Or women standing, as uh, women have won before, yeah. um, and done extremely well against the men, which is quite satisfying. You can win You win the jug, and you also win other prizes on top of that. So Brilliant. yeah, stein holding contests, <laughs> uh, magic. Uh, comedy nights we do they're yep. coming back in August cool. uh, we show uh, we have a 120 inch screen so we're showing all the World Cup rugby games yep. I mean I think the most hectic we've ever had it beyond beer festivals is the uh, Euros final I bet. Yeah. last year yeah. when this whole this is during I think when it was keep your one meter distance mm. and you know don't jump on tables and stuff which is obviously going to go completely out the window <laughs> for football fans and seeing yeah. England try and win a final but we had every table in here taken we had maybe 100 people max capacity and nice. even downstairs we had another 60 people so when the uh, when we have people in here and, and the atmosphere is uh, electric then bet, it yeah. is the place to be fabulous and as you say, you've got, you've got more space to sort of expand out into obviously I'm here on a brew day today so there's you know sort of somewhat Clear the way out the front there, but you've got you do have tables outside. Yeah. Do you want to, you know, yeah, so we say that, yeah, we're a working brewery, so yeah. we, you know, during the, those days where we are predominantly brewing and racking, then that space down there will be taken up for equipment and kit. Yep, but on a Thursday evening, that stuff gets moved aside, the cars move, and we have our beer garden or beer outdoor bit yeah, with I'll, the AstroTurf. I'll, I'll let you away with calling it a garden. We try and do our best and that's why the AstroTurf <laughs> is down. Uh, Chris is very proud about putting that down here and Landlord is not. Uh, and then we have the foyer down the bit at the bottom. So, you know, we really have different zones and it really works for us. And I think that if you don't have an outdoor area in summer, you, you're up against it. Yeah, definitely. You, during you, the you, pandemic, you, you a lot of people realised yeah. that they had to they had to they were yeah. forced to have an outdoor area simply, sure. otherwise you wouldn't open up so it's great to see a lot of pubs that didn't have outdoor areas just car parks yep. end up having a uh, newfound beer garden which they've now kept yeah absolutely uh, in terms of location here uh, Connor so you know I can vouch for the fact that it's less than a five minute walk from Blackwater railway station because I've made that walk myself this morning but um, what, where it was, so we are north west of the centre of town is that right I don't mind getting my job very confused that's correct yeah, yeah. north west yep yeah. um, so you get you get a bus here can you how far are we from Camberley central station I think if you were coming from Camberley central it's a little bit of a it's a bit further of a trek I'd probably say it's about a half an hour walk right but, uh, Blackwater definitely Blackwater side literally just across the across the dual carriageway there, I think I think Google map puts it at seven minutes we say it's about a pint yeah <laughs> so uh, do that with what you will but it's nice. it's definitely not far and it's, it's on the reading line and, yep. and Guildford, I believe. Guildford? In case anybody's worried, there are pedestrian crossings for crossing the dual carriageway. Yes. <laughs> it could come in handy on the way yeah. home. We yeah. put them in there because we knew we wanted to get as many people as we could down there. Yeah. Very good. 
Tell you what, come on, let's take a short break. Bruiser is the UK's top-rated craft beer subscription service, which connects you with 120 of the UK's best independent breweries and cideries. It's a unique model where each month you choose a brewery, they curate a box of their freshest brews and it gets delivered direct to you from the brewery cold store. Prices start from as little as £29 per month, including delivery. And you can save £8 off your first box with the code TWICB. Head over to www.bruiser.beer to explore and support independent breweries like never before. I'm back with Connor from Disruption is Brewing for the second half of the show. Connor, at this stage every week, I like to be a bit difficult and maybe put the guest on the spot more so than the rest of the conversation. So let's get to it. What makes you different? What is it you're doing at Disruption is Brewing to stand out in the relatively crowded Thames Valley craft beer scene? Yeah, it's a great question, actually a really hard one because there's any industry that does things different, it's a, it's a craft beer, it's the craft beer world. I mean, I would first say the fact that our artwork is so inconsistent, it's consistent. <laughs> that makes us different. You never know yeah. what you're going to get with it's the artwork. It's truly chaotic, yeah. so in a good way. And, yeah. I, and I like that <laughs> fact that we're not bound by any brand guidelines or any brand rules. It's just what we feel works best and what yeah. looks the best. And people seem to love it. They never know what's going to yeah. come next. And so they're actually as excited about the artwork as they are about what the beer is inside, which is exactly what you want to be doing. The only, just to give people a, a frame of reference, the only brewery I can think of is a dearly departed dig brew actually that, that were similarly chaotic so uh, I, God I, hope, I hope that isn't a foreshadowing of what's going to happen to you guys. Hopefully the wacky artwork uh, will, will keep us in good stead but yeah maybe on a more serious note I was thinking about it when you, just now when you asked me and maybe it's the fact that we were a traditional brewery with conceptions of who we are and what we do, but the fact that we were a traditional brewery and we've evolved into a multi-award winning craft brewery, we have proven the fact that you can do both beers and both styles, both styles yeah. and come out and actually, and be known for, you know, and evolve over time. Yeah, absolutely. Do you give much thought to being different or are you trying to, to be the best within the frame of reference everybody has out there, you know, so people yeah. know what to expect from a from a modern craft brewery, is that, are you just trying to you know, satisfy those demands or are you going beyond that? As I said, it's extremely hard to be different mm. in the craft beer world mm. because when we don't come up with the most wackiest of styles, as I alluded to earlier on, and I'll put my hand up and say that, but I think as long as you can be consistent, look after your customers, yep. be true to your roots, and make sure that you brew the best possible beer you can. And as I say, we put we put the same amount of love, attention, and detail into our artwork, uh, into our service, into the way we work with our customers, as we do in the brewing. Yes. Then we're going to be okay. Any idea what percentage of your production output you're selling through the tap room? Yeah, I think we're looking at numbers the other day. I think right now it's a it's a, it's a split. Oh, in wow. terms of B to B, which we call beer to business, yeah. and uh, B to C, beer to consumer. So that'll be a combination of, of web shop and, yes. and tap room, would be about half your output. You got it right That's now. Very healthy, yeah, we're, really I mean, we're a very uh, small sales team, yeah. and we've, we're, you know, we're trying to get as far out as possible, but we, we try and look after our, our local outlets as best we can and build those relationships, try and build relationships with everybody. But you know, it's no secret, the most amount of money you'll make selling craft beer is the craft beer you sell direct to of your course, yeah. to consumer. So that's why we try and put a lot of attention into this space. And as I said, the fact that we're a uh, 
on an industrial estate in Camberley. You know, we're not in Leeds, we're not in York, we're not in London. No. We're really off the beaten track. But, you know, those people who have come down here really do enjoy themselves. And our, our best form of marketing is word of mouth. We don't spend yep. really any money on ads. No. Um, and a lot of people say, my friend told you about you, or if they have a private party down here and they invite yep. 100 people, there's 100 people. It's the hardest to track, yep. but it's the most effective. Yes. And if you look at our Google reviews and our TripAdvisor, probably have to search for Ascot Brewing more so for that <laughs> yeah. um, you know it's a 4.9 it's a 5 star Facebook's 5 star yeah. because people realise that when they come out to uh, have a night out or a session at a, a brew house a tap house they want to have a different experience than anywhere else they go and I feel like we, we give yeah. that here yeah no and that, that's so important isn't it and I, you know I, I, I think the the best of the businesses that I speak to are those that have really got that focus and you know really making sure that everybody that you know is in the business has that commitment you know to giving people a, a special experience when they come to the tap room yeah for sure and that's why we pride ourselves we're very lucky to have such a great bar staff team mm -hmm. and they're the front of house and we we understand that our bar staff are very important to the way that we run this place we're very lucky to have great people and um if they can keep coming, keep convincing and encouraging people to come back and treat this like their second home, which ultimately that is what a pub is, yeah. then we, we'll be okay. And we've, yeah. I feel like we've managed to do that ever since we opened our doors. That's an interesting perspective because I think um, you're right, by the way, you know, that, that people do have that feeling about their favourite places to drink. But I think if their favourite place to drink is also their favourite brewery, yes. they've got an even greater investment in, haven't they? You know, so, so people really feel a sense of ownership and a sense of personal possession yes. of your biggest fans and that you know that, that's something which is uh, amazing you can't buy that kind of loyalty oh. can you no I think you've actually you've hit the nail on the head there because you aren't just a pub or a, a tap room or a tap house you are a brewery too yeah. so if people love your house your pub mm. the place where they drink as much as the beer that you produce because let's not forget we are on a mezzanine so when people come here yeah. they look over the balcony and they see all the brewing kit below oh, yeah. they see the guys working and the fact that they can see that the mm. beer was all brewed downstairs literally carried up the stairs mm. and not even actually anymore no our cellar's downstairs now <laughs> it's, it's moved around the corner yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it goes a long way because you are they love the beer but they also love the space yep. and they love the people and if you can tick all of those boxes then you're going to build fans for life absolutely let's talk about this second beer yep. uh, this is Icarumba and tasting notes say 5.2% New England Pale mm -hmm. they don't call it the Mutant Mile for nothing we'll come back to that <laughs> our latest collab with Overdraft is a funky mango and stone fruit freak show that oozes with tropical juice goodness the perfect pairing with fast food where to start with this so let, let's let's start by explaining it and then i'll tell you what i think of it so, so yeah. tell me about overdraft and the mutant mile i guess <laughs> <laughs> overdraft and the mutant mile so um, yeah, we've got a great relationship with the guys at overdraft they've got two two bottle shops uh, tap rooms in winchester and southampton right um got a great relationship there with oscar mika who who runs the company they deal with craft beer mm -hmm. Tacos and vinyl. Okay. We've sold to them, you know, we, we're regularly on their taps and in their fridges. Nice. But they had a, a birthday celebration a couple of months ago and they asked six other breweries to come down and brew collab beers for them. Brilliant. And you had to fit into three different categories. So you were either in the, the beer category, craft beer, the tacos, yeah. um, and the kind of Mexican vibe, or the music and the vinyl. 
we got put into the uh, tacos and the Mexican vibe. Yep. Oscar was a huge fan of a another collab that we did before with a, a great bottle shop local to us in Crowthorne called The Hive. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that beer was Consume. Right. He is a huge John Carpenter fan. Okay. Absolutely nuts. You meet him, uh, he'll tell you all about all the films. He's also covered in John Carpenter tattoos. But we brewed a beer for him called Consume, yeah. uh, based on the movie They Live. We have uh, another collab, John Carpenter, coming up with him very soon in the next couple of weeks. Nice. Uh, but more for that another time. So Oscar had drunk Consume and said, I love Consume. I want that again. Just right. do it again. So we kind of tweaked the grist a little bit yep. and we changed up the hops and we came up with uh, Icarumba. Right. Icarumba, I think, perfectly personifies what they're all about. It's a great hazy beer. Yeah. Um, also, if you look at the artwork, it's got a giant mutant taco running down the street, chasing Mika, uh, Oscar, and one of, uh, one of their other bar staff. Um, <laughs> the thinking behind this was once Oscar told me that where the bottle shop is, and I hope you won't, won't mind me saying this, is that it's in a place called Shirley in Southampton. Right. And it has the nickname by some, the Mutant Mile. Okay. <laughs> And if you look at this can, you would see those mutants in full force. It hit all the right notes, so much so that they bought another load of kegs off us. We've put it, it was so well received, we put it into can. Nice. And now we've actually done another collab with another, another bottle shop. Um, I won't say who right now. Um, actually, you know what? No, they deserve a shout. Yeah. Um, it's Carrera and Guildford. Nice. Uh, yeah. So we've done a collab with them, very similar to this. It's called Dragon's Teeth. Yeah. And they've ordered a bunch of it just because they love the beer so much. Fantastic. So um, it's going from strength to strength this beer. Yeah, it's lovely. So look, it, you know, this is a really delicious. So, so this is this is less bitter than the previous beer. It's got it's got a stone fruit characteristic to it. It's danker, of course, yeah. with the galaxy in there, which I, I, I told you already. I'm a absolute galaxy fiend. Really good tropical fruit flavours. <laughs> Just a lovely, a very drinkable pale. Goes at five point two. Super, super sessionable, I would say. You know, it, 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 I think you could drink this by the pint. Look, look this is a, another really nice beer, Connor. And you know, I think if this is typical of your IPA output, and I've, I've had two or three beers of yours previously, and I've yet to have a bad beer from you. So, I, you know, I feel like you've really got this this area of your repertoire nailed down, which is fantastic because it's by far the most important area for my money. One hundred percent. And you know, it's, it's good to have that core beer that everybody knows you for. But yep. if if people know that you do a certain style in a, in a great mm. in, a, in a certain way then it just as you said adds to your repertoire if you look yep. at emperor with his stouts oh yeah uh, vault city with their sours no, you know we yeah. are definitely getting known for our, our new england's and and the fact that new england seems to be well actually i would say 100 no, is no the question. most popular oh, yeah. craft beer out That's there not changing anytime soon is it? We, we keep producing these beers because this is the beer that people want to drink oh definitely yeah absolutely what else have you got Coming up, beer release wise, and you just you just mentioned uh, another collab, uh, but but you know what else you got in tank that you can tell us about? Yeah, so what right now we have a beer called the Lost Art of the Handshake Two. Okay. <laughs> this is a uh, fruited milkshake IPA. Right. We did the first one, and it was more of the let's say strawberry, raspberry, some gooseberry and melon in there oh. as well, and uh, we did it and it absolutely flew right people who so much so that when we put it on the bar the very first time i remember taking photos of it for the instagram shots yeah and i got a can of whipped cream and i put it on the top and i use it just for the photo i put a cherry on top yeah i then came back into the uh tap house up here and we have our friday regulars shout out to the guys at cascade who come in every friday they they take their 10 minute walk and they they come down here that's a great lot great lads 
and they said, oh, what's that? And I said, oh, it's whipped cream. And it's for the milkshake IPA. And we just put it on the bar. And I said, literally, have a go. I'm not kidding, because I've been tasting it outside. So I filled all of their pints up. Well, with, top, top them. Topped it yeah, yeah, with yeah. the uh, whipped cream. Yeah. And they absolutely loved it. And they still <laughs> keep coming in saying, can I have whipped cream with my pint? Oh, my uh, goodness. So how sweet is the beer without the whipped cream? Because it scares me a bit with whipped cream as right. well. Right, <laughs> yeah, the whipped cream. I mean, I'm one of those, um, you're a galaxy fiend. I'm a whipped cream fiend. Okay, right? I mean, fair that, enough. That stuff is, is, is gold dust. If you don't have it with the whipped cream, it's obviously it's sweet it's got the lactose in it it has got the fruit fruit purees but I think we've uh, struck a great balance there of sweetness with the bitterness okay so I would say it's one of those beers that actually you would have more than one of right it's not a one shot okay it's good one trick pony you wouldn't just have one of these beers because we've managed to get that level of bitterness in there that it's not just a one and done well, I might, I might take the cherry, but I'll probably give the whipped cream a miss, to be honest with yeah. <laughs> And that's fair enough. It's not for everybody. But the the Lost Art is going to come back as a two because of how well the first one did. Nice. Uh, this time it's going to have pineapple, guava, and peach. Okay. So we see it as a rotating special, just right. for how good the first one was. It's going to be hard to hit the heights of the first one, yeah. but we're confident with that, that combo of fruits that it's cool. going to be uh, just as good, if not better, than the first. Okay. So that was going to be released end of next week, I believe. Yep. We also have a new session IPA. It was brewed yesterday. It's going to be called New Age Outlaw. Right. Uh, it's a 4% double dry hop session IPA. Nice. We feel like this is a, a very good style and ABV for where we're at with the brewery. Right. It goes really well in keg, hits the can market, mm. but most importantly, we do cask as well. I was going to say, you could cask that as well, yeah. So you yeah. go out to all those traditional pubs that we sell to Brilliant. through the Ascot line, and you tell them that this is 4%, it's extremely drinkable, it'll yep. appear to appeal to the uh, traditional drinkers, but also those craft drinkers as well. And um, how well that our Democracy and Naughty Little Playlist did, yep. which are session IPAs that came before. Yeah. We know that New Age Outlaw will have um, just as much success, I'm sure. Fantastic. And, and you would see this as sort of as a big part of the future for Disruption in Brewing Stroke. Ascot Brewing is, is being able to convert that traditional cast customer base across to these more accessible pails and, and IPAs. So. 100%. Yeah. You know, we, we try and work out who we are as a brewery. And, yeah. uh, you know, we're, what, we're one brewery, two brands. Hmm. Or you mentioned that we're trying to like, slow down on the Ascot side. Yeah. And um, I, th- I think the fact is that not many breweries do cask. And, you know, we're getting known for cask. At, uh, Chaos One champion um, pay of the country in cask. Yeah, Which course. is crazy yeah. because it's a New England and a lot of people thought, why would you put a New England in the cask? But people absolutely loved it. Fantastic. I feel like you have to, as I keep saying, you have to brew what your customers want. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, not only in the pubs, but also here in the tap house, is drink something that's super sessionable, but has flavor, yes. has depth has a attitude and has mm-hmm. great artwork to it and um, you know we have to keep keep producing those kind of beers and it works well in keg it works well in can and it also works extremely well in cast so we've got all our bases covered love it I, I can't let this segment of the uh, conversation go without doing a bit of promotion for this week in craft beer as well so so literally today this is Thursday the 17th of August um, our first ever collab which was brewed uh, by our friends at Phantom um, is going on tap at the Phantom Tap House uh, I'm not going to be there today, but I will be there tomorrow. 7% Citra Galaxy and the Zaka IPA. Tasted amazing last week. I'm sure it's going to taste even better this week now. It's had a week to sort of mature and settle down a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope everyone listening to this podcast gets a chance to taste it as well, because we're really super proud of it. Let's get back on 
disruption is brewing, uh, Connor. So let's talk about what you got coming up in terms of uh, events. So, you know, we're right at the end of the festival season, I guess, now. Yeah. But have you got any more festivals in the calendar? So we have Oktoberfest. Oh, yeah. That's going to be coming up October 13th and 14th. Nice. That is the highlight of the calendar year i'd say it's the one festival we don't really have to promote because of how do you approach that in terms of beer so we we try and get a mix of bavarian classics yeah but also um beers brewed bavarian style i mean if that key can even say that because technically it's not a bavarian beer unless it's brewed in bavaria i'll let you away with that so. uh breweries <laughs> who are brewing Oktoberfest style beers yep. in the UK. So there'll be some uh, a decent number of fest sort of Marzen style beers yes, as well. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Dark lagers, Marzens. Yep. Um, we try and get a mix. How many how many different beers would you expect? We to have usually get five. Okay. Nice. So we yep. we do one ourselves. I think last year we have the the Devil Goes Dark, yep. uh, which is a black lager. Yeah. You know we have um, we get, I think I can't even remember. I think uh, Braybrook. We've had some of their oh, nice. beers yeah, in yeah. before. Can't get better than that. UK yeah. wise. Yeah. No. We. Yeah, we try and have at least five Oktoberfest specials. Right. And then we have our own beers on the board, a couple of other guests. So there'll be some IPAs on the board. Oh, of course, well, yeah, no. Of course. Uh, I mean, and do you have a, what's your policy with that? It's, it's not an all you can drink affair, is it? It's a, you know, a regular no. cash bar. So yeah. it's five pounds to get in. Right. And then we have different packages. So it's five pounds to get in and then uh, you pay 10 pounds and there's a pint included. Okay. The next package up is you get a free Stein with it, okay, branded nice Stein. Yeah, and then like the package it. above that, you get a Bratwurst hot dog, fully loaded hot dog. You get the Stein you get a pint and you get your entry as well. Okay. So tickets are now on sale. Great. Uh, they do sell out very quickly. Yep. We do try and accommodate everybody, but we have we do have a max capacity. We'll and tell you about 100 up here. Right? 100 yeah. up here yeah. is the limit. Yeah. And we, I mean, you really want to be sitting upstairs. Oh, this yeah. is where Literally. we have the Stein holding contest that yeah. I talked about earlier on. Yeah, yeah. But this is where we have 100% nailed in this year, the Sand Versed Silver band. I was about to ask you. There's an umpire band, and, and they you, are an umpire yeah, band. Yeah, we've done it years before without the band. Yeah. We've had it years when we've just done no, one night. But this can't year, do it without the you, you can't do it without the umpire no. band. I mean, they do charge. I mean, we're lucky that they're helping us out. They're local friends. They're local yeah, friends. Yeah. Uh, but if you went through more, let's say. Um, traditional route of trying to get an umpire band they will cut your leg off and fair play to them it's the course, one yeah, year of year October fist yeah. system, it's the one time yeah, of year they're yeah. in demand yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but we will have an umpire band we'll have some guest beers on we will have the brat burst we have hats and it is an absolute riot down Love here um, so I mean that is probably the, the staple in the calendar we have the rugby world cup coming up yeah so we'll be showing all of the England games and by request if there are other games that people want to listen to yeah. or w watch I should say we do a Halloween event so this is a, we are so on the fence with this because it is a hard one. The main reason for that is because Oktoberfest happens two weeks before. Yeah. So I feel like you, you really don't want to exhaust. Um, the goodwill of your client. Right. So, so yeah, they come right. to Oktoberfest and you try <laughs> yeah. and come back for a Halloween. So yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I think it was three years ago. We did the Oktoberfest, which was an absolute riot. Yeah. We then did the Halloween party. And I think five people turned up for that Halloween night. Oh dear. <laughs> And I remember being behind the bar thinking, okay, we're never ever doing this again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not to help the fact that my birthday is the next day as well. No. Um, but I, I think Halloween is one of those events where people have house parties, oh, yeah. other pubs do stuff. So it's an excuse to go down your local it or is. somewhere else yeah. a little different. We do have some ideas in the, ta in the pipeline about calling it the Tap House of Horrors, yep. clown themed get some actors around the brewery so when you're walking around they'll jump out and scare the shit out of you um <laughs> we're thinking about it i really want it to happen but i'll keep you posted on that all right 
Nice. But yeah, rugby, Oktoberfest, and if you go to the website, uh, disruptionsbrewing.co.uk, and check the events page out, you'll see all the upcoming stuff. Where's the best place for people to get their hands on some Disruption is Brewing beer? Sure. I mean, if you want to come direct, go to www.disruptionsbrewing.co.uk slash shop. Yep. All the beer that we have in the fridge. Also, you can do bag and boxes and take out stuff that way. Also, just look in your local area, check on Untapped and see yep. if you're local pubs. But like I said, we, are, we do deliver nationally. And we're trying to get to as many pubs as possible. If you do like our beer and you have tried it before, definitely put a good word into your friendly landlord or Absolutely, bottle shop yeah. owner. If it's and, not there, it should be, yeah. And try and stock us and um, you know, we'll be able to be much more present in your area. But yeah, best place to come is to the website and we can deliver straight to your door. So, uh, Connor, before I get into the wrap-up questions, I'd like to just pause briefly just to see whether there's anything that we haven't got to that you wanted to raise during this conversation. Now would be a good time to do that. I think given uh, the hardships that people are going through now, everybody is going through really tough times. Um, none more so than the hospitality industry. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's probably one of the hardest industries that have been hit. Not only, as I call it, the uh, punch in the face, the punch in the stomach and then the kick in the balls mm. from uh, Brexit, the pandemic and now the rising due to changes, yeah. due to changes yeah. but basically World War 3 in Ukraine yeah. and Russia yeah, yeah. it's more important than ever that if people can support their local breweries to get out there and, and, and really solidify themselves uh, and if they can avoid the supermarkets if they, you care about it still being there in a year or two you've got from it now. because yeah. you know I think I looked at some stats the other day a brewery a week is going under and this is devastating yeah. for the, all the people who put their blood sweat and beers oh, yeah. into building such formidable businesses we were extremely let down over the last couple of years by government by the way they handled the pandemic how they helped out the hospitality industry and i feel like now the only way that we're going to push forward is whether members of the community local community especially help rally their local pubs and their breweries because this is where the the real community's at yeah. this is where the real beer's at and trust me, you will not beat the experience you come down to when you come to a, a brewery that, no, absolutely. that really does champion beer, but also champion the people who come and, and drink there. Because that's what is that's where we all come from the same place, pubs. Pubs are deeply rooted in our culture as British people. And I feel like tap rooms and bottle shops, we've evolved and we've taken on that mantle of what pubs represent. Absolutely, yeah. And, and we want that to continue. Pubs are closing every week. Yeah go out there and support it if you can because we're an integral piece of the community puzzle very well said so we are in the home straight Connor at this stage I like to start by asking you to give one or more what I call shout outs to little guys and here I want you to mention one or more local to you beer businesses you think are doing a great job promoting independent craft beer mm -hmm. uh, that can be another brewery a tap room a bottle shop a pub even a restaurant or a cafe but somebody that's promoting specifically not just disruption in brewing but independent craft beer in general yeah so I'm going to talk about the people the people who really do support us and they do they range from the likes I think I mentioned them already I think I've done a, a couple of shout outs but it is worth doing it again the Foresters and Bag Shop yep mm -hmm. they are a more traditional pub they're on the yep. A30 and if you look at their taps they've got rotating cask lines but if you look at their keg lines it's all the the mainstay beer kitchens yeah they took chaos on as a permanent line and they've ordered from us every single week probably for the last four months fantastic so yeah, the fact yeah. that they are a traditional pub that yeah. is trying to get a slot in there of local 
award-winning craft beer. Brilliant. It's testament to the direction that pubs are heading in because we need each other. That's superb, we need yeah. the pubs to support breweries. Oh, and we need the breweries to support the pubs. Yeah. So I'd say Lisa and Chloe at Forrester's and Bagshot. Excellent. Definitely worth a mention. Um, I'd say Rob at the Horse and Groom. Spoke to him earlier on today. Consistently takes from us. He's in Chobham. Yeah. Tiny little place. Tiny place, but always rammed because you can only fit 30 people in there. Right. But nice. they are, they're a family-run pub and they they celebrate craft beer they champion craft beer they're always um, supporting us and what we produce and whenever i call him every week he's always happy to take whatever we've got fantastic so he's he's definitely worth a shout out and he's called rob so and he's called rob wrong, so, so, really. so that helps yeah. and then i'd say from a, a local bottle shop perspective i'd say alex at the hive yep great lad um Absolutely. A lot of things that he does at the Hive, whether it's you know the fact that he's he understands that he is not just a bottle shop, you know he's he's as much as a coffee house as he is. Yeah, yeah, selling, he's a, he's a community beer. hub, isn't he? Yeah. Basically, yeah. yeah. And he and he lives and breathes beer and people. Super friendly guy. Um, he's done multiple collabs with us before, and um, as I said, we're going to be doing the the second John Carpenter in the series very shortly. Brilliant. But you know he's somebody who's championed craft beer from the independent bottle shop avenue and. Um, you deserve all the success he's got. He's a great guy. Awesome. Two great shouts. Well, three great shouts. Thank you very much for that. Yep. Awesome. So we are now at the wrap-up question, Connor. And here I need to know from you, what would be your ultimate happy hour? Where would you be? Who would you be with? And most specifically, what beer would you be drinking? And one qualifier here is the beer doesn't necessarily need to match the venue. So, you know, you can be in some strange out-of-the-way place and you'll be bringing this special beer with you, if needs be, to... Uh, to toast your uh, closest friends in the ultimate happy hour. Okay. Ultimate happy hour. So I need to pick people, place, place and, and beer. beer. Well, you gotta have your you gotta have your best mates with you. Yep. So yeah, I'd say my best mates. Do I have to name them specifically or well, I'd just say my mates can if you like, but you're no one's gonna know who they risk are. of missing people if, yeah. you, if you start naming oh, names. I'd yeah. say Muir, Baz, Barnes, Ryan, Ali, Bill, Mike. Uh, those guys would have to be there. So I think this is a nice segue into, I think, one of the important factors of what beer represents for people, which is that beer is much more than a drink. Oh, yeah. Is actually a vessel of people coming together. Yep. Without beer, we would be nothing here. Right. I think a few times I've explained to people that beer brings strangers together. They develop friendships. People from all different walks of life can connect over a beer. Um, and start up a, a conversation just by ordering the same beer or just Absolutely. being at the same bar. Yes. So I feel like beer has a deep root in conversation. And for me, having conversations with people over a beer is one of the most important things and one of the most enjoyable things I could ever have. It definitely is. I'm going to risk interrupting you and interrupting your flow here just to make sure. a point that I do think that the, the evil macros have rested on that exact laurel that you've just described for the longest time. Yes. You know, so there is that unbelievable social connection of beer that, that means that you can get away with producing any old crap and that will still be true. I love the fact that we've really elevated it with craft beer. But anyway, sorry, back back to your ultimate happy hour. I just wanted no, to make that point. <laughs> you're 100% right. And I think what, where we're at now is that you can have great beer with great conversation. Yeah. Whereas maybe before you were having great conversation, shit beer. Yeah. So I think it's all about great con uh, great conversation, and uh, if you can have a great beer in the process, then you're on to a win. So you definitely are, yeah. 
I think this is actually in a world that we live in now with social media and people, I mean, I hate calling people on the phone. I hate texting, oh, I, I hate do. WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah. I was playing snooker with a friend the other day, Dom, actually he'd be there at the table 100%. I, if I'm gonna have, if I wanna meet up with somebody, I wanna have a beer with them. I would yeah. rather drive an hour and go have a beer with you than sit there and chat to you for five, 10 minutes over text. For me, it, it's, it's redundant, yeah. it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, well said. So I think having great people around you and having great conversation is how we break down bar barriers, how we bring people closer together, how if we have differences, we can come to some sort of agreement. I diverge, I'm still trying to find out who the best people I would sit with in that pub is. I'd say people who are forward future thinkers, I'd love to sit down with Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> I think Joe Rogan, Graham Hancock, um, anybody who is up for talking about things which kind of push risky subjects by maybe yeah. To, yeah yeah sort of. but also the fact that they may be risky but there's no harm in talking about them as long as it's in good faith yeah. that's the way we move forward as a, a civilization how we get closer to people that we disagree with but yeah great conversation and i'm a big fan of the rogan podcast i'm a huge fan of graham hammercock and if nobody knows him definitely google him he'll be okay. he talks a lot about ancient civilizations where humankind came from and maybe where some of the mainstream history uh, writers have maybe got it wrong. So I'm sure if we had a beer, we'd uh, unlock more truth. So, so we've done the people, we're still looking for the venue and the, and the beer. Venue. I'm a sucker for uh, anything on a beach. So yeah. if it was like a tiki bar on a beach nice. with the waves in the background. Preferably warm. Warm, definitely. Yeah. Uh, not, a, not a British beach, no offense. Um, <laughs> actually, you're saying that, I mean, if you went in June, you might've been okay. Give it another no, 10 years. So I'm talking yeah. Hawaii. Yeah. I used to live in Indonesia. <laughs> Got to take me back to Bali. Nice. Um, beach, you know, drinking to the early hours and, and yep. being on a beachside. So mates, Hancock, Rogan beach they would be uh that would be my venue my people and then was it beer got to be a specific beer no generalities accepted i mean we talked about it earlier on i'd say let's go to jutsu jutsu by by uh bellwoods yeah it was the it's the number one go-to craft beer for me it kind of really did open up what was possible with craft beer right uh, yeah, they, obviously, that, you know, that Toronto experience has got a lot of credit for, 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 for what you're achieving here so yeah 100% jutsu baby awesome well, look, Connor, that has been a really fun conversation. A little bit of background noise here and there. But, Just there. Uh, That's car washing for you. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like we've captured a really good uh, conversation there. And, uh, and I'm super excited with what you've got going on. You know, I, you know, whilst you might say this is out in the sticks, it isn't relatively. You know, you're on the side of a pretty large town and you're five minutes walk from a station. Yeah. This is not a hard place to find. And I feel like you've got, you know, you've got a lovely space here. Your beers have been outstanding, everything I've had both today and, and the last few months. And I'm just super excited to see where you can take this. So uh, yeah, yeah, until then, we will speak again, I'm sure. Sorry's best kept secret. <laughs> Thank you very much. Nice one. Thank Cheers, you. Rob. If you enjoyed the podcast, then please tell your drinking friends and leave us a review in your podcast app, as it really helps others discover the show. And of course, if you'd like to help support us and save money in the process, then please head over to www.thisweekincraft.beer and become a member today for just £1.99 a month and get access to exclusive savings at the top UK craft breweries. 